I, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. It's going to be dope. And also going to see it in the empty theater in the middle of the day on a Monday sounds like fun. Like I said, I'm going to eat popcorn for lunch <laughs> and watch this movie because I haven't been in the movie theater in months, years. What, what was the name of that movie again? The Banshees of Inisherin. I-N-I-S-H-E-R-I-N. Uh, all right, yeah, 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 yeah. So we're starting this episode off with a uh, promotion for a movie for for a movie we are not attached to at all. That's how this is going. <laughs> this is this I'm is worse than three hundred and eleven. Everybody, and uh, uh, yeah, Robert's excited for a movie. Uh, holy fuck! I just realized I didn't make a drink. Yeah, you said you were getting water. water, and I was like, "What?" You just got fucking I, I water, forgot. man. I just totally forgot. I just spaced it out. Oh, is I it because you're too cool, Karen O? It might be to remember that, to make a drink. That might, yeah, that might be it. No, I just, I totally just spaced it. I, I had a fucking busy week and uh, wasn't even thinking about it. Uh, I'll make one for for the book, though. I mean, we'll we'll come up with one. That's that's my fine. guy was Whatever. at all tomorrow's parties. He's just hanging out with David Lynch. Yeah, and I, I <laughs> fucking like what? What would you? It's a uh, the the yeah 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 drink is like. You go to a an martini. oxygen bar. Yeah, right. I don't know, man. <laughs> Just fuck straight it. up liquor on ice, cold. No. Uh, a fuck. It's a, a black label that was, uh, you know, free in the green room before the show. That's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. don't know, dude. Yeah. A fucking glass of wine from, you got to go to a fucking gallery opening, get yourself a glass of wine, and then go to a dive bar right after that that has like a small stage with a punk band in the back. Ask them to give you a shot of their well vodka and a black label or a Stroh's or a Hams. Yeah, right. What, what's the cheapest beer in New York City? Yeah, oh, right. Man. Can I get a $4 draft of High Life? Oh. God damn, I, you know, I've, I've the champagne, fucked up, man. man. It's champagne. I, no worries. <laughs> no worries at all. I bet I'm it's like a Yingling. Minute Man IPA. There we go. That's, that's that's what you drink for yeah 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 is you get yourself a fucking microbrew or some shit yeah. like doesn't matter doesn't fucking matter we'll you're just showing up to be seen out. anyways you know so. yeah ab- absolutely that's all this band is about um okay <laughs> <laughs> uh it, ladies and gentlemen it is uh we're since we're still sticking with themed months we are doing spike jones month so we're doing Artists that have worked with Spike Jones or are featured in Spike Jones films or whatever, whatever. And so this first one here, this is we're doing Karen O and the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. Uh, that's that's the band that Karen O is from. Yep. Look at New York band. That's yep, yep. I mean, they're not even totally a New York band. These these guys met in a fucking uh Ohio, Ohio liberal liberal arts college. <laughs> then she, then she went over to New York. It's a sister school yeah. to Bard, my man. Yeah, that's where you went, huh? Bard, you're like, but you're you're like you're like you're like one of them. Yeah, one of yeah, them. Basically, one, I'm of, like them. one of them. Yeah, <laughs> snobby hipster yeah. types. Yeah, Shirts. yep, 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 yep. We probably wouldn't have this show if it wasn't for. <laughs> 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 We're all about that shit. Uh, somehow this annoyed the living piss out of me, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this band starts when? Like 2001 or so? Uh, I think 2000, 2000 is when they started, but like they were know. touring for White Stripes at that point. Like they started and all of a sudden they got to tour for White Stripes. I don't know how the fuck that happened, but <sighs> that's like I know, Jack White. Bon- Bono's not even your dad. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's that's probably that, that era when... Uh, 
Because Jack White did that thing, Jack Jack and Meg White, where they uh, pretty early on in their career, they just decided, fuck it, we're going to go state to state to state and we're just going to travel around playing wherever the fuck we can. It's mm. a, and it's a, it's honestly po- probably one of the best ways that you can get yourself out there as a musician, you know? Yeah. Um. Uh, so they, they spread their name all over the fucking place. And then when they came back home, all of a sudden they, people knew who they were all over the fucking place. You get a fucking record deal. You go to New York and I mean, the yeah, yeah, yeah. seem like they're New York scenesters. Yeah. I, yeah, I, oh, yeah. I think that these, these guys go to all of the fucking clubs, you know, they go to the, they go to the metal show, they go to the fucking arena show, and then they go to the fucking jazz club afterwards and they know all the fucking door guys, and they know all the fucking managers, all the bartenders, uh, and all the hip artists around there. So, I I, I, I kind of like get it. Equivalent of like CBGB scene, man. And, Just later on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and this is even uh, one of the the um, common comparisons that I saw for for this band was to Blondie. And I, I do definitely see that, whereas Blondie was like, you know, there's a rock band with a female front that kind of did rock music that quickly became pop orientated <clears throat> um, and quickly incorporated elements of, of modern pop music and, and electronic music. So um, I see that comparison and I see it as like, yeah, 20 years later, 30 years later, here's yeah, yeah, yes, instead of Blondie. Um Here's the hipster fucking New York crowd. So I get it. If the if White Stripes came through there and we're going to... This is this is weird. This is weird. This is how the conversation already started and how it already goes before I even like introduce the band entirely. I'm, I'm, I'm going to break this down for you because I don't know when else to do it. And it's something that I wanted to talk to, to both of you about. When, last night, my chat, when I was just going off for hours and hours, drunk and stoned and fucking... <laughs> Not sleeping, watching Gremlins too for some reason. Um, while listening to the yeah, yeah, back, yes. I was convinced you were gonna wake up at like eight thirty on my time, whatever six thirty your time. You're like, all right, it's time to go. Uh huh. I'm surprised. I, I had an alarm set, so you know, nice. I I knew what was going on. Um, fucking. Here's the thing with this band, and I I have to get ahead of myself <laughs> because on their second album. It says in the Wikipedia entry that this band claims they tossed out an entire album, which is somewhat infuriating to me. Like, I still would like to hear it, like, just leak it online or something, you know? I'd, I'd like to know what this was. Uh, because they didn't want to do the same thing again. And I, 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 that's fine. I get reinventing yourself as an artist and, and ha- having a new identity and not wanting to, like, beat a dead horse. But, motherfuckers, in 2001, you chose... You spe- you sought out, specifically made that very fucking brand of like hard driven, pseudo blues influenced, minimalized rock. Loud drums, loud guitars, distorted, fucking kind of shouty lyrics, right? And that was a thing that was happening right then. That was becoming a thing. Where you got like the Strokes and you've got fucking uh, who who the fuck else like the the big the Death the from garage Bob lightning bolt so many yeah, people uh, were doing like, things like that distorted guitars 
done in a uh, somewhat like traditional pop structure for songs with a little more like bite to them, but like based off of old older blues riffs uh, in this like post Nirvana, post fucking uh, Black Sabbath and fucking uh, who the fuck else? Any, any of those like 60s bands that started incorporating Overdrive into their blues riffs and like simplifying <clears throat> it. it it's getting to that point where I, they chose to do that and it was popular at the time. And so I completely understand how the white stripes could dual trip through New York, see that band. That's basically a two piece with a female front, right? Yeah. Two piece yep. garage rock type thing. She and plays like, the keyboard, but you don't hear any keys really on any of those on that. First. On the first ones. Not yeah. really. I mean, she plays she plays guitar too, but I think for the yeah yeah yeah, as Karen O just sings usually on stage, right? Yeah, because they usually have a well, they usually have a secondary guitar player come on for live performances, so uh-huh. definitely not her plan. So in that era when Black Keys and White Stripes are both kind of the the big the big rock sound or becoming the big rock sound. It does make sense that they would jump on that tour, that they would get picked up for that tour, that Jack white would be interested in them. Um, even though it is kind of weird because he hated the black keys so much for ripping off his sound, but his sound is dude. Like you're just playing Isn't fucking, his sound ripped off too. <laughs> right. You're just playing like ACDC riffs over fucking sun house songs. Like, I don't know, bro. I like Jack White. I like his guitar style. I like, uh, so like at that time too, and uh, he has a daring, uh, look at the way he plays that type of music. He does interesting things and techniques, but that's not who we're here to talk about. Um, I'm not trying to totally discredit that sound. I'm just saying it was popular at the time, and that this band in the underground kind of feel- scene. Uh, it was becoming more. It was definitely Even starting a little to bit creep, more mainstream too. Uh, it was definitely starting to show up. I mean, but, I'm just saying that like something like like Kid A and OK Computer were around the same time. You know, like I don't know. Right, like, right, I right. don't think blues blues rock with like Overdrive and quick like tight pop songs that were like a minute and a half to two and a half minutes was not necessarily like the ethos of the time. I'm just saying right, was, right, right. It right. was still indie music far away from the yep. biggest of stages, but was big enough that it mattered by the time 2000 2003 came around and they put out fever to tell which i'm pretty sure we're gonna just like suck this album off for a good like 15 20 minutes in a second here (laughs) um fucking it, it was still kind of an underground thing but i remember at that time i was you know like just out of high school and i was uh living in chicago and it was like that whole summer like, all the cool kids were listening to that fucking album. And it wasn't like it was hard to find. It just wasn't <clears throat> the most radio-played thing. It's college ra- It's college rock. It's college radio. For sure. So, yeah. Alternative. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's uh, getting played on all of the university stations and the, like, you know, hey, you're going to love this song that's going to be on the mainstream radio in a year from now. <laughs> you know? Brother. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh... And this is also when we're when I brought up the Black Keys. Uh, back then, they were they were even more like a just a regular rock band. And it took. I kind of feel like the White Stripes having an accidental breakthrough with "Fell in Love with a Girl," 
sent that mm. simplistic, hey, I am I played that this type of music. Rules. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh the the video is pretty cool too. I think the video is Spike Jones, right? Uh no, it's Gondry, isn't it? Oh. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Spike Jones does do a white white stripes album though, right? Or video. Uh, right? That might be the one. It might be the one. Sounds familiar. Could be, could be wrong. I don't know. Uh fucking I feel like when the white stripes broke through, it was kind of genuine. But after that, a lot of the record companies started looking towards those kind of bands that were doing that, that, uh, like, like a punk band playing ACDC almost, you know, but not as cheesy or schlocky as ACDC. You got the big chords and big drums, but two piece or fucking minimal three, you know, uh, when the, the company, when the, when the record company started pushing that sound, that was when the Black Keys really stepped up and were like, we can make this sound fucking disgusting and super commercial. <laughs> and we're just going to well, sell it to every fucking like WB fucking uh, ABC family fucking whatever, you know, what, preteen, what year was that? teenage. I mean, the, first, the big come up so, there, the first big, the first, just as a side, the first Black Keys album is in... in a perfectly it's okay. fine blues rock uh, album. It's not until Brothers that they went really blew up and sold out. Like whatever the one yeah, with but, laser beam, laser tag. Yeah, but song. don't they still use some of the other songs too? Like I feel like as soon as they did blow up, they just said "Have at it" to our entire catalog. So, I, I mean, oh yeah, for sure. Fair. For sure. <laughs> I, I, I think I think the Black you? Keys were definitely like like <laughs> yeah. you can you can access our catalog for commercial use at any time you want throughout their entire career. They definitely were doing that. Um, it, look, it makes sense to start off as that kind of band. If you're a guitar player and you're interested in modern music, American influenced music, yeah, you're, you're gonna play some blues. You have to learn the blues to play guitar. To play rock guitar, you kind of need yeah. to learn the blues early mm-hmm. on, and it, it's a simple, simple thing that's easy for two people to sit in a garage and do and be like, "You play this rhythm, and I play these chords, and you know we can go from there." Um, and it's, it's fun. a good place to start. Yeah, and it's fun, and it makes sense. It just it gets a little tiring, and it gets a little you know childish, and it's a little simplistic sometimes. And sometimes the fun part is is trying to make simplistic music like that more complicated and more engaging. Um, but my point being is that see deer like two, I think 2006 uh, Magic Potion by by the Black Keys and like 2006 that one was starting to get like they were breaking through I think they sold some of those songs to like a, a some major television shows and then by 2008 they were working with on Attack and Release Danger Attack House and and release, that's what, yeah, that was the so, one so 2008 I would say is probably more of the like big push where the mainstream uh, is used to this sound and is incorporating this sound and is is trying to make that sound more pop music, right? So, uh, and and I feel as though the yeah 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 suffer from that as well. Um, two thousand three though, like a year after, uh, Black Keys come out with their first album. <laughs> I love that this has turned into me just ranting about the Black Keys. Black- <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. <laughs> I'm. I'm trying to figure out what year the White Stripes. 2001 were. was White Blood Cells, and that's Fell in Love with a Girl and Dead Leaves in the Dirty Ground. So that's two okay. years before. And that so was two a years... big breakout album. No, there were yeah, music videos a... for that, and that was a company yep. fanfare. 
So, <clears throat> and you know what? I, I bet uh, 1999 is their first album, the white, the self-titled. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think that was actually probably one of their better albums. I think it's a mm-hmm. pretty good debut album, and I'm willing to bet that. Uh, I mean, it's probably pretty easy for that album to have made its way into the New York underground scene. Into the the hipsters probably had that fucking you know like Karen O probably had that album, probably right away by like 2000. Detroit Absolutely. to New York, that's it. That's an easy that's fucking not, trip. Yeah, that's not that far. Um, so anyway, like you said, they start off and they pretty much immediately tour with the White Stripes, right? They're pretty much immediately inducted into the new college radio blues rock scene. Uh, they put out Fever to Tell, uh, produced by one of the guys from TV on the radio who works with them pretty Dave much consistently. Sci-tech. <clears throat> yeah, he's I think he's on almost every album. Uh and with um what the fuck is his name? Alan Mulder. I think we've talked about him before. Uh he did some uh My Bloody Valentine. Um he did some Smashing Pumpkin <clears throat> stuff. That uh, makes a lot of sense of why that album sounds that way. Yeah, he he also helped uh mix Moby's Animal Rights, which we're all a big fan of here. <laughs> oh yeah, fucking pro pro Moby, bro. Uh-huh, that's so fucking Mo- Bo great. Baggins, my guy. Uh, oh, he, yeah, he did, baby. Did work with, like, later Nine Inch Nails. Fucking, uh... Ooh. Yeah, not, like, my favorite shit. He was helped co-produce U2's Pop, which was the one album that I thought was so bad it was fun from U2 when we covered them. No, um, I remember. I just don't like hearing the name U2 nine times out of ten. I, I don't like hearing U2. I don't Take want, I'm that not gonna name go, out of your motherfucking mouth. Yeah, I'm not going to go back too. and listen to it. You know? Not going to go back and listen to it. That's no. for damn sure. Fuck that band. I get kind uh, of pissed when they're on. So. <laughs> so their first album, they have a like big name producing them, though. Which is hey. crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy mm-hmm. to be able to make your first album and have those uh, credits to your name. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially because <laughs> they only had two EPs prior to that, which technically added up to like seven total songs released, and one of them was a remix. I mean, um, yep. touring with the Strokes and the White Stripes, the Strokes were indie. Like, the first Strokes album, Is This It, is will continue to go down as that album from that year. So... True, true, yep. true. Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't even like that band. And, and sometimes when I'm exposed to commercial radio in a public setting and strokes will come on, still a good song. They still make several, there's still several good songs. That I'm not trying to listen to that type of music, but when it's there, it's fine. Well, that's... Is, is this, it is an incredible album. I, if you don't like it, that's fine. But it was a really well-made album. It's super tight. It's a great pop formula, and like people weren't necessarily making those kinds of songs in that way at the time. It was smart, and it was and it was sort of sparse at times, but it was a fun record to listen to. I I never bought it. I just remember hopping car to car doing fucking roadies, like smoking and shit, where people random other friends would have it in their car, and you're always like catching other halves of. Them. And you're like, oh, okay, cool, that's cool, but yeah, I never bought it myself. So it's there. There was this wave of bands that, um, it's like after Nirvana, after grunge, all of a sudden they were selling more punk stuff, 
but the punk stuff was the skater punk and the and the pop punk and like the ska stuff and then that died relatively quickly and there was like a moment where they were trying to incorporate other uh world styles or like folk roots music but it, what ended up happening was just after that since the it, it was now more acceptable for that type of guitar rock band to, and that guitar sound to be on the radio all of a sudden you got these bands that were incorporating uh, like punk influenced rock music and pop, but not pop punk. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right, they, the, right. It like was they, yeah. way were, tighter. It was way tighter, yep. and it yeah, hit a, way better played. It, it, yeah, <laughs> better songwriting, <laughs> better in general. riffs, better better lead lines. Yep. Uh, yep. Dr- the drums were tasteful. Like it's not just like to chat to chat. Like that. Like drum. Like drums would just be like a moment where like a song pauses when breaks happen when the guitar is strumming and then it stops. There might be an incredible fill or whatever. Like this is a different. It was honestly. It was. A breath of fresh air to some degree when that when that's when that old thing when that like trend started i mean and that was what you would find on the radio 2004 was american idiot never forget like green days american <laughs> idiot that was like a grammy winning album at that time so what we're talking it. about happening at the same time in the same four or five years is the strokes and white well, stripes and bands that are like more fun and more fun that's that's also what like green days american idiot is that one album that's like the rest of the fucking uh, social conscious suddenly becoming aware of this band that had already been big, but had not garnered that um, that that big time reputation. You know, not, they were still looked at as like a punk band. Yep, the silly right, punk even, band. Really, like by Nimrod, I thought yeah. Nimrod was a big turning phase for Nim- them. That Nim- was like Nim- Nimrod well, that was helps. yeah, yeah. Nimrod was the point at which it no, was 97. because they had that they had that acoustic song on it. There was serious time of your life or whatever. Yeah, so yeah, that was Nimrod. Like, like Green Day was like two albums on Lookout Records that were like bad garage pop punk, right? And then there's <laughs> yeah. like two albums on Geffen that are Dookie and fucking Insomniac that are kind of like companion pieces, which was the point at which they were like, "Hey, we got enough money to record our guitars and like buy amps Obvious. to sound better." I'm a sucker for Insomniac, but that's all. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with both those albums for what they are, but I don't want to put them on or anything. I keep, I'm going to say that a lot. I haven't listened to a lot episode. in a long time. <laughs> and then they did Nimrod, and that was the point at which I feel like they were accepting the fact that they were selling out arenas and that they were a bigger band. And when it finally got to American Idiot, I just feel like there is something about um, uh, like the Grammy Academy that that they just miss they they miss the good shit and they try to make up for it by awarding the later bad shit. by awarding garbage Beck's morning face oh, yeah God. Right. Album of I the know. Year. um by by giving uh uh what the fuck was that you mean the one that um, sounds like whale sounds the whole time <laughs> these, like... these are the these are the people that decided that Jethro Tall decided it needed an award for best like metal album over Metallica back in like 1990 something you know i you can't listen to these fucking people this is a money game um but it was a, like i said a breath of fresh air in the early 2000s when that type of uh just basic like rock like we're just di- we're just guys playing rock and roll came around um like you said, the strokes. What was I going to say? The 
Is this it? Is that the name of the album? That's the name of the album. Yeah. Is that the it's, one that's like, like the side shot, like a profile shot of a butt with a hand? That yeah, has a mouth? yeah. I'm pretty sure. Such yeah. a bad album. Uh, so, so awful. Uh, and Holy it's fuck. been panned for a hundred years, and it always will be because it's a stupid album cover. It literally it's is really, the album really cover bad. of uh, that one Christopher Guest uh, satire band documentary. You know, like. Like, I don't know what that is. What are you talking about? Yeah, what? This, what? Is, this is Death Snap or this is Death Mabble or th- what? Come on. Come on, guys. What? This is I'm Death something or other. It's a it's a British. This is Spinal boat. Tap? Yeah. This is Spinal my Tap. My guy. It's oh. like, I, I just, I, I don't, I'm sorry. I just don't know actors' names all the time. Oh, Christopher this. Guest is the director. He does like Best in Show he, and all that shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Sorry, I, I couldn't I remember. Know. I've never seen This Is Spinal Tap all the way through, but I've gotten to the point where they're like, no, the record cover. I, it's 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 a it's not because I didn't like it or didn't want to. It's always been like in the background or we have to do something halfway through. But anyways, I've gotten to the point where they're like, oh, and you've got to have her with the the chain collar on. It's like yeah, yeah, That's yeah, yeah, 1987, yeah. dude. And they were making fun of yep. how stupid that was, and they released that album in 2001. So like that's saying a lot. That was 2001 also? I'm pretty sure. Okay, so now we're two years later. We're at Fever Tell. Uh, we're talking about the yeah, yeah, yeahs and not just... Oh, yeah, about that bad. <laughs> I, think it's funny. I think it's funny that we're being little, like, like little indie scene kids right now describing the history of indie scene music from 2000. That's what I always, that's, that's what I always wanted to do with this show. Like, when I'm doing these, that's what's going through my head. You know that? Like, I forget half the time because we'll start talking about something and the rants are so fucking long and they have so many divergence that, like, I, I can't keep track all the time and I can't get out some of the fucking things. When we talk about ska bands, the number of times that I've wanted to go off about the history of Jamaican music and haven't had to, like, haven't been able to because it's just not time allowed or, like, it never really comes up. It's like every other episode. Uh, fever but, to tell. But hold on, wait, one more second. Before you go into it, we're going to drop into it. I still think it's funny and, like, appropriate specifically for this episode because they're so, like, influentially seen while also benefiting from all of this scene music and then just being, like, the most pretentious band that's ever happened. I think it's funny and I yeah. like that we did it. That's all I'm saying and I think it's, yeah. I think it's perfect. Oh, I, I think... I think I think it's kind of important for the point that I'm going to make of why I don't enjoy some of these albums. Oh, get, spoiler alert. Um, You're not a casual yeah, 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 as enjoyer. But Fever to Tell. Um, holy fuck, this album's good. So good. Your, your debut album's on Interscope Records. You know, like, uh, I love the production value. This is a sound that they don't come back to. Uh, the thing that I was saying in, in chat earlier was that I love that it sounds like there's drums that are in the corner of a room and they're still loud and they're still present in the mix. They don't like they're there to they do exactly what they need to do. And it sounds like a fucking drummer in a fucking room because that's what drums sound like. At, whereas like later on, they start using drum machines and you start getting more like in the headphone sounding like the drums are coming from a speaker in in your ear instead of from the room with the rest of the band. But here it's got this great garagey kind of shitty club sound almost, but still sounds very well made and very well produced. Um, it's like they re- it's got- like they recorded a Modest Mouse album in like the middle of the career where it's like got this like grungy lo-fi feeling to it but it's not at the same time like they're using like maybe shittier quality sp- mi- microphones to mic these guys but it still sounds like it's still clean but well, it's still gross. 
Well, and we're going to have to talk about hi-fi versus lo-fi in a minute here. We may as well just, just drive into that because this is, I mean, this it's not it's lo-fi. A garage, it's a garage band that's doing um, maybe not, it's maybe not using the best quality equipment or whatever. They're getting a very unique kind of dirty sound, but this is recorded in such a way that it's high fidelity. Mm-hmm. And what we're saying there with the fidelity is the ability for a recording to reproduce the actual sound that was being recorded. Cause that's very hard to do. Uh, microphones can't pick up a full range. Fucking tape can't hold a full fucking frequency range. There's things that won't pick up and that won't translate properly. Even if you're recording it digital, I don't know how they recorded this. Um, it, this, it, it sounds good. It sounds like the really band good. probably sounded. And, the fact that I don't need to skip any tracks on this album. <laughs> nope. I don't love, there's it, one, two, three songs that maybe I don't love, but they're fine. You know? Uh, well, I, I've i never been a huge AAS fan per se. Like, I've never <laughs> disliked them either. Like, they were just a band that I have known and have, especially this album, realized how much of it I've actually heard throughout my entire life. Like, it kind of threw me for a loop for not specifically remember putting it on personally. Like, putting it in my CD player uh, was like, whoa, shit, I know a good chunk of this album already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, okay. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Like, again... Uh, don't have to uh, skip anything. I uh, the sound is pretty dope. It, it definitely hits in that 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 era that time frame, which is cool to hear back and listen to because it's like you don't quite hear it like that anymore. So uh, especially from them when you get to their later ones, I was very disappointed. But there yeah, was... this would fucking pretty pretty awesome to listen to. There's. Four singles released off of this album, and of the four, three of them charted from a debut album. Fucking wild. Yeah, what Uh, the fuck? This album opens up, and, like, the first six songs just rip. The guitar sounds so dirty. The fucking rhythm section is just, like, all together, like, energetic, ferocious. She... I I love Karen O's voice and her vocals, but in this one, she definitely... it, It almost sounds like... You know, when you go out and you get a little too drunk and you're walking home through the city fucking shouting out the shouting at people at the windows. Maybe you're not trying to start a fight, but you're energetic you're, and you're, you're loud and you're fucking. Yeah, you're, you're going, being rambunctious. You know? Fucking a dude. Tick. And she when yeah. she's like, insane. And she this this album has more of that punk vocalist. Uh, stylings to it where she's not afraid to scream she's not afraid to just like make noises or maybe like i was gonna notes, say like a little off key the that the high pitch fucking high things to then like low like like almost not quite growl but yeah i think what you're saying that animalistic kind of sound where she'll do that high to like weird off key thing to that yeah. and you're just like whoa okay all right well, this album has like a hundred percent more fuck you to it than all of their albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I mean, you, you start with rich, which is literally like, I'm rich. I'll take you out. You know, like kind of bra- like boisterous, kind of ignorant. Uh, and, and like, I got a man that makes me want to kill. <laughs> you know, the, this 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 album has a, a little more anger to it. And that's kind of what I appreciate is that I guess it's an uh, emotion that uh, is portrayed well here. There's emotions that are portrayed a little more genuinely in this album, I think. I like I like how hard it is. I like how um, how it'll be like a hard. chugging moment, and then it'll be silent, and there'll just be a little bit of drums, and like she's just whispering rich at you during this track, and then there's that keyboard that sounds like it's distorted and it's being run through some sort of right. filter that's just. Or, or is it a fucking guitar that's being run through a fucking pedal? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what it is? It's like it's like that Idols album last year. Like the songs that I love the most were like, is that a guitar or is it not a guitar? Um, right. There's a lot of moments like that on this album, and th- I mean, it, it hits so hard. Like you, it'll start off with like like an erratic drumline and some snare or whatever, and then it'll move into this like big anthemic chug moment, and then stop, and then go back into it. And she's always just trying to like. It's funny because she can sing, and and her voice is like one of the most important parts of this band's whole trajectory but like sometimes she's trying to hit that note and she just it's just almost there but it's not and that's like some of the best parts and her screeching is great i mean this album has that modern romance song that's sort of slow at the back end and it like seems like it shouldn't be on the album but it still works it's like it still has like an outro track yeah but there's still one more track after that you know and it and it has well the the original track the original that was where it ended ends yeah. And that makes sense. But I'm just saying it's still like it fits the album even though it doesn't seem like it should. Like it everything pieces together here in a way that's like satisfying and I mean it it deserves to be on anyone's you should listen to this album from the Double O's, you know? Like absolutely yeah. hands down is worth listening to. Um, mm-hmm. even if it's like, they're like the most seen cool human beings ever. <laughs> like this, this album oozes how cool they are. They're like, ah, oh, we're only doing this because we're bored avant-garde Oberlin Tisch music school shit, like Tisch art center in New York city. It's like, so, they went to all these prestigious, we, like music and art schools to be like, ah, oh, fuck music. It's stupid. We're going to play a rock album, you know? So I, I met this guy, Jack White, and he said that him and his girlfriend were had fucking toured the entire United States. And we thought, that sounds like fun. I got a summer to kill. Let's start a band. Let's make let's make an album that we can tour with the White Stripes with. All right, let's go. Let's go, done. Fucking A, though, right? She was, uh, she, what, the song Maps is about the lead singer of The Liars, and The Liars were doing pretty cool punk rock, rock and roll stuff in their early career before they started doing weird electronic things, like... Their first album is like it slaps. So, Mister, you're on Not fire, Mister. Thing, but I wouldn't say don't listen. Mister, you're on fire, Mister. Is a great track, but as an aside, yeah, Liars is not my favorite thing. But I would also definitely like if you like fucking half the other shit that I like. There's a chance I might be like, hey, you should listen to Liars. You might enjoy it. Even at least the I first know. couple albums, if you're into yeah. like, yeah. Anyway, this album, uh, a great really- album. Releasing maps on this album was fucking absolute career genius move. Uh, they probably could have just stopped after selling that album. You know, they like maps, wrote maps, sell maps, retire. That's the that's the money maker right there. Mm-hmm. And even still, with me always being um, annoyed by commercial success or 
or the overexposure that I receive from commercial use of, of music. Uh, that's a song that I, I still don't mind it from time to time. And when I first heard it, I was like, Oh, that's a, wow. That's a good way to kind of introduce the end of your album. You know, the heart, heartbreaking kind of, Oh, almost childish, almost like, like a little, little young in love view of heartbreak, but, um, it's a great song. It's good. It's got that interesting, like, I can't tell if the, there's like a, guitar that seems like it's looping it's just like yeah it's like which happens a lot in this album glitchy and and like in like twinkling Mm -hmm. almost it's like i imagine it was like the sound that stars make when you're looking at them in the sky it's bizarre it's interesting damn that's that's deep rough you know i'm looking at the track listing on on wikipedia (laughs) and i'm kind of wondering if i should have hunted down the um the re-release deluxe edition because I wonder if some of these uh, B-sides and rarities, obviously the B-sides are B-sides, but I wonder if those are the tracks they scrapped. The ones that were supposed to be a second album. Mm, And they were just like, fuck this. Maybe Um, if they were uh, cool, they would do that. Or if they're just so pretentious that they were like, no, we're not going to release them at all. And it makes me feel like they just lied about it. You know, it'd be cool. They're like, no, we had an album, but you know what? Uh, we, di- we didn't want to fucking do that. Well, man. prove it. The same thing. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> keep, the, so I think that, I think that the is, is stuff is some of the set tracks that they probably didn't release because the is, is yeah. stuff is from the second yes. and before show your bones and is, is slaps and is, is has the energy of fever to tell. Like those songs feel yep. like they came from that session. They don't feel, like it's a weird EP to come out after the next one, and I just think that it feels more like a relevant conversation right. piece on top of Fever to Tell. Like uh, Down Boy is one of my favorite Yeah 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 songs. Easily, I think that it like it's got a good pace to it. It's like it it, it it's so slow and it's like whispery, and then it rocks fucking hard as hell, boy. Um, but I feel like those songs those songs wouldn't have been released except that like they did these live shows and they played them and people were like, We like these songs. And so they released them and they go right. Uh interesting side note because it's the um uh Spike Jones month. Spike Jones. Um, those those uh is is live recordings, uh directed by uh, partially directed by Lance Bangs. Who I believe also did the some of the Jackass movies, <laughs> if I remember right. Uh, at least he's in them. Yeah, he did the Jackass movies, which is also a who uh, is also tied Spike, to Spike Spike Jones. Yeah, uh, and I think he also did Where the Wild Things Are. Uh, Alongside Spike, Spike Jones. Jones. Okay. Yep. 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 Uh, wait, maybe not. I don't know. I could be wrong about that. That doesn't matter. I don't give a fuck about some kids' movie. Did you guys watch the Spike yeah. Jones directed Why Control uh, music video? No, I missed that. Damn so, it! So, so that he, so Spike Jones. I didn't watch any of these. And Karen O dated after Karen O and the Liars lead singer dated, and I think that that's part of the reason that he directed their video. But he directed Why Control. It's actually it's a it's a fun video. It's a bunch of kids um, dressed up. But mostly like kids, but then there's like a vampire and they're all like in whatever. And like at one point, like one of them's carrying like a stuffed dog, like a stuffed dead dog. And 
one of them like bites Karno and is a vampire. It's worth it's worth watching. It's like a it's like an interesting Spike Jones music video. I hate it. I always forget about music videos. Like, well, but because we're yeah, doing he, Spike Jones, I think of Spike Jones as a music video director. Because in college, he is, he, there was, and I would have totally like. But my problem is, I just forget about music videos in general. Like, I'm almost forty well, years old. I grew up fair. with music videos, and now when I You're, listen to these bands, the last thing I'm doing is checking if there's music videos. What? I don't like, like the thing with music videos is it requires you to sit down and devote visual attention and with music I can put on the headphones and then right, continue doing tasks, which this I a, absolutely love, which is what I do too. So, and I just didn't have time, but I should have watched it because it is Spike Jones. Well, I special do have month, time. And that's why, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. why, that's I'm, why I'm pretty it. upset I, of all the ones, I, you know, that's. I completely, like, I was so, like, oh, shit, I have to listen to these albums so that I can give a decent review of, of how I feel about these albums that uh, I could, I just, like, when you said the Where the Wild Things Are was was Spike Jones, I was like, wait, oh, fuck. Oh, I should definitely know that already because that's why we're covering this. <laughs> right? I, you're like, oh. I've never made it through Where the Wild Things Are. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but. Um, yeah, I don't think I have yeah. fully either. Yeah, I don't need that. I don't need that shit. Yeah, right. Um, no, thank you. I really like the, the book. The book, the book should be it. That's it. I mean, that's at most, maybe like a, be. like a fifteen-minute cartoon that's like emulates the art style of the book. That's what it. That's 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 it. That's the only further where the wild things are that anybody needs. So uh, that what, is, what is what? what's Kanye West got to do with Spike Jones? He's some music videos. Oh, right, right. All dude, the lights. I was, yeah. just like, I was like, we could have done Arcade Fire, dude. <laughs> we could have done. We could have. But, so well, it was the, it, the, we should probably talk about this at the end of the episode. Yeah. But I don't care. Whatever. No, I'm, we'll... I'm, I'm on one. Let's go. Fuck. Well, no, uh, real quick, though. Like, I'll throw it in there and then we'll actually finish up this review of Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. Well. I was going to say, know. we're only on uh, album one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we're getting to, I'm trying to get to album two, but the Kanye thing, here's the deal is we've been trying to cover Kanye because I talk so much shit. Yeah, fuck Kanye. Yeah. And so we wrote, I did this schedule for like the whole fucking end of the year so that we would know what we're doing and what we're getting to for the most part. Uh, $650 Crocs, dude. The dude has gone so far off the deep end in the past month being such a piece of shit that I can't get away from Kanye. And now it's like, fuck, I literally just, like, I use Spike Jones as an excuse to cover Kanye. You know what I mean? I saw the opportunity. It was like, I'll put Kanye in there Yo. so that we can get it done because we, we've we been talking about covering Kanye forever and now he just, we can't get the fuck away from him and I barely want to give him more attention. But we only have like 14 listeners, so it's fine. There's no giving Kanye any more or less attention. Like our like th- this is the thing is we're not we're not out here parroting talking points and and like actively engaging in that sort of community. Like it's being talked about. It's actually a current event and it's an interesting conversation. So I don't. But also, and people we're are here to talk about. Stop listening to Kanye. Just we're here to talk about the music. Yeah, more than so. That's yeah. yeah. I, we're gonna we're but we're gonna have to mention his dumb fuck. We have to like. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Or yeah, there's no way we're gonna be able to get around it, especially no. with, like some of his lyrical content. Especially shit, us. Are you kidding me? 
<laughs> I'm sorry so, for waylaying it. Anyway, show your bones. <laughs> so show your bones shows up. I didn't love this album on my first listen. I didn't like it when it came out, but going it's back to it, doing the rest of the discography, it's fine. It has a couple songs that I would say I like. I, I enjoy the Phenomenon song uh, by LL Cool J. I <laughs> like the end of mysteries. Actually, I guess that's it. There's a lot of like moments. All of a sudden, this is more like strummy country influence almost country folk yeah. influence yeah yeah it's interesting uh it, it, it sort of but it's also so you guys wanted to change your sound and you did the like literally the you you went from fucking distorted guitars to clean guitars mm-hmm. with still some st- okay great that's it yeah, still has distortion I'm, here and there i mean it's not it does like and, and then i'm gonna i'm gonna sing similarly don't worry about it just uh-huh. But I, you strum that guitar. No more fucking riffage. Yeah. Like you you strum those chords, buddy. Gold Lion. Gold Lion hold a hit hold a hold is like that song's silly. That song's silly and uh, it's almost I, like because it's the single and like it's the song that I that it has the most plays and most people know it's the same way as Maps that that's the song off this album is funny cuz I don't think that song is a good representation of the album and it's almost tongue in cheek making fun of the fact that they're a different band now. They're like, "Oh, check this I, single out." <laughs> like my uh what? when you you sang that last episode and I was like, "What the fuck was that, dude?" And you were like, "That was the single. What are you talking about?" And then when I went and actually listened to it and it came up, I was like, "Oh, it's the one where she goes, "Oh, oh, I know that song. Okay, yep, it's the yep. ho ho song." It's like, "All right, I don't like it. I don't think it's a good opener." I don't, this album's just like I mean, it, whatever. it references the old album. It's got some of those like uh, guitar, keyboard, synth sounds, and it starts to speed up towards the end and get a little harder from being this like almost ballady, laid back, they, simplistic, minimal song. And then the end, it starts to rock, and it has a little like riff in there that like climbs along. Like it, it references the old album while still being a completely different album, and it's also like they cheesy. Built- it's like they built a tunnel through their old album, and there every now and then you'd come across a window in the tunnel, and they would open it up so a little bit of the old album came in, and then just close it real quick. <laughs> just wafted it. <sighs> yeah, I mean, fa- fancy track number three has 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 feelings and elements to the like energy of the album. This album still has the energy of the first album to a degree. Like obviously, it's pared back yes. a bit more, and it's a little more sparse, and it's a little more clean guitar, acousticy sometimes. But it still has some of these big moments and these screechy this, guitars and, and like simple drum breaks where she's shouting over it. It's just not as strong of an effort. The first two albums all kind of sound like or, or have. I feel like if all three of those people were in a room with me and there was a percussion instrument and a guitar, they could perform several a set. They could do a set right then and there, you know. Uh, from both these albums. It sounds like shit that you can play just with whatever you have around. Yeah. There's songs that bands, regular people could play uh, if they're talented enough. You know, you don't got to be unbelievably good. Um, whereas going into uh, It's Blitz, the God. next album. It's Blitz. There's parts oh, man. Where, where it's like, in order to bring these three people together to play these songs and have them sound similar to the fucking album, you would have to 
bring in a drum machine. You would have to have an amplifier for the drum machine. You know, you would have to uh, possibly bring in a bass player or a secondary guitar player. Uh, it, it just, it wouldn't be this. It, you, you can't just readily do this. This isn't just like regular uh, performing musicians type of music. This is a little, this is more complicated in that way, I suppose. Um, but it's also more like studio. Oh, very they're much playing so. this. Yeah. They went from uh, being a rock band to being like, like LCD sound system adjacent, uh, punk, p- p- cool punk scene, uh, dance, synth music and this album's mm-hmm. obnoxious because the fir- the singles are are hot garbage like honestly like zero and heads will roll are some of my least favorite yeah 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 songs they are so bad and when when you hear the when you hear the remixes <laughs> of heads will roll and it is blue monday I, it's one of the most infuriating things i've ever heard the song i, I the still same. haven't noticed that I didn't. You said something about that minutes before we started the show and i didn't did, know exactly what you were did talking you listen about. to the remixes yeah, some of Listen them, but I also just three kinda... or four, dude. It's the third or fourth remix. It... Just put it on, right? Like, in your headphones. Tell me that's not Blue Monday. And then it's also just like, and maybe I'm referencing the wrong pop song, and it's not Blue Monday, but you, if you don't tell me that you know that uh, new wave song, then I don't know what to tell you. But Zero and Heads Will Roll are the same <laughs> just... fucking song, also. Wait, you said it. The Little Vampire remix? Is that what we're looking for? Um, I believe so. That's I'll what I'm looking at right now. That's what I'm playing. Cause I, oh, 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 yeah. It's 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 got that fucking New Order fucking uh, yeah, it's got, yeah. Yeah. synthesizer right at the beginning. Yep, yeah, I hear right that. There. Yeah, and I, I mean, mean it's, it's, it's a it's, remix, obviously, but like the fact that it can reference that so easily is like, yeek. I mean, oh, that it's is straight up Blue easy. Monday. It, it, the... <laughs> How does it feel? Uh-huh. Sorry. Uh-huh. Anyway, so that's like fuck. I I so I like the back half of that's... this record. Honestly, I think the back okay. half of this record is actually fun to listen to. Like, if you're gonna transfer into uh, minimalist, but also like studio trick Taylor Swift's Midnight's effects that make the album fun you know what i mean like if you're gonna go into the like oh there's all sorts of tiny things we can do in the background and we could turn this bass to into almost a string or an oboe sound and we can do these things and expand the sound in this way but also not be rock at all like the back half of this album's worth listening to runaway on um, i like i there's nothing that i really cared for on this album at all and uh the only thing that I can say is that heads will roll, which I just, I, uh, when that song came out, a... I was, I, my first response was, uh, yeah, 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 are a bunch of fucking phony sellouts. Um, this you're is fucking phony. bullshit. Yeah. You're a fucking phony. And, uh, <laughs> I, I say that with all joking sarcasm and understanding how cringy that kind of viewpoint can be, but I still like fuck it when that song that was everywhere it didn't stop playing it is a pop song that song could be made by lady gaga if it wanted if she wanted to do it fucking um my i was my i was just like you guys sold the fuck out mm-hmm. uh and i i again i don't want to like necessarily totally be that way because they 
they are trying to do something new and they are trying to expand their sound and they are trying to push their their musical boundaries but it's just it's it just it's straight like you said it's uh it's like lcd adjacent almost it's like they started going to more uh electronic shows or clubs but and that's a new york scene like ld ran new york city fucking indie and and uh, indie punk music is playing for, at for my the, house at my right house. right james murphy doesn't fuck around and uh i don't like him very much i don't like his style but it was uh independent music that was self-promoted that that became somewhat of a scene especially in new york i feel like lcd didn't do it wasn't as big as they were in their biggest in new york you know you go there and they get Huge crowd. He sold out Huge. Madison Square Garden like four days in a row when he retired right, that's in 2010. So, um, and so you know that Karen O and her hipster fucking friends, Brian <laughs> and what's the guitar player's name? Nick. Fucking Cannon. whatever. Nick. Yeah, Nick. Is it? <laughs> no, it's not Nick. <laughs> Nick Cannon. It's not Nick Cannon. It's not Nick Cannon. <laughs> didn't, Fool didn't me twice. No, that was uh, fucking, Eric Carter. It's Nick oh, Zinner and Brian uh, Chase is their names. There we go. Yeah, yeah, like you know those guys went to a fucking LCD show. And you know they saw them up there with like a drum machine and a cowbell and a fucking guitar and were like, hey, we could bring the drum machine and the cowbell? Wow. If, if Yeah Yeah Yeahs didn't tour with LCD sound system at any point, they fucking missed out. 2006 was Sound of Silver. If Sound of Silver I, and Show of Bones came out, Show Show Don't Tell or fucking whatever, that came out at the same time, if they weren't touring together, I would be super surprised. J- James James Murphy is on the next album. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, the... Oh, that... Whoa. Dang, that was a burp. Uh, this Heads will roll. I, I kind of... Like, after being so overexposed to it, sometimes that song does get stuck in my head and I'm like, yeah, I'm dancing in a club. I'm a dance. It's a da- dance hit dance hit. Heads are going to roll. Cut off some heads. Violence is fun. Violence is neat and entertaining. Watch the heads roll on the floor. The imagery of the song. It's kind of like a, a bad horror movie. Like a, like Rob zombies, the monster broke out into a backstreet boys fucking video. Um, I, I don't like it. I hate it at the time, but have, I've listened to this song more than I should have during this listen. It's a lot. So the, even the remixes, the there's a half, couple the, of the, they make me dance. There's a Go couple of the tracks they'll get me, man. I uh, listen to this one. Uh, I, I've been recovering, being fucking sick for like a fucking week. That was insane, by the way. It wasn't even COVID. Like I, we, I tested twice throughout my whole time, as did uh, my. I, we tested my kid, and we were both negative the whole time. But like we were out for like a week. It was nuts. Isn't that the worst? The worst yeah. part about post COVID is that like everybody is so terrified of COVID <laughs> for the past two years that it turned into us being like, you know, there there is just regular sicknesses, still, like, well, yeah. other disease because it was a flu. Yeah. We're pretty sure we had a flu because <laughs> it was like a hundred. I had like hundred and three fever and shit, dude. It was brutal. Shit. But anyway, uh, what? Uh, well, I kind of lost. You liked a few of the songs. Oh, some 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 of them. Oh, running. So uh, I've listened to this guy, and this one had some <laughs> actual good tracks for running. Let's, you know, like, no matter what. I, I was like, I, okay. Because the other ones were like ones that I listened to, and like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't really like. It's weird how you can view songs during workouts or whatever. But this one, I don't recall anything in it. So it became much to like, 
playing a bullshit like workout like playlist. You said I don't recall anything in it, which is sort of a big insult at the same time as being like, and it's it passed me by at a four four no, rhythm. You know, <laughs> I like, like I, it. I, I didn't right. really, I yeah. didn't really like this album either. And they're really, I don't remember fucking anything from yep. it really, except for Heads Will Roll. But I like ever, this album. And Dull had, Life. Like, I think Dull Life and I, Heads Will Roll, the, the only two that stood I out. I like to me, synthesizers. But. I like synthesizers. I like well made and well programmed synthesizers, mm-hmm. well played and all that. You know, I like electronic music. I like a oomts, 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 oomts. I don't care. I like oomts, oomts music sometimes. And there's, there's some of that here. So, you know, even exactly. when I'm like, this is not the yeah yeah yeahs that gets me excited uh this is still like got some movement to it where i i guess i can walk to work with this i could do some dishes dull life's uh, the only not- song that sounds like the last album that's me yeah. like well that one and uh technically heads will roll were the only ones that actually stood out to me heads will roll just because it's fucking earworm shit dude That'll like just drill sure in, is. just drill in, and next thing you know, you're saying, yeah, like has, yeah, you know. But dull life part was the only that one song. actually legitly was like, I don't mind that one. So, my my least favorite part about the heads will roll is until this point, uh, this band was like a rock band that was giving you songs that seemed like they were from like a, a interpersonal point of view that, that seemed like they were coming from uh, somebody's life, I suppose, or, or their opinions and their emotions. And then this album basically starts off dance, dance, dance. And some, like sometimes a, a song telling you to dance is fine, but I really do kind of just like, you don't tell me to fucking dance. <laughs> like you don't need to tell me to dance to your dance song. I can tell that it's a dance song by the way it goes. Oons, 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 oons. Okay. Yeah. Like, Passion. Like you can shut the fuck up, dance, dance, dance. No, I'm not. Yeah, but isn't zero about you. sadomasochism though? It's like put on your leather, and nobody will know who you are. I'm gonna like dread. Like, isn't it about like? Oh sure, get I'm your not saying on, all of like... the songs. Right, I'm, but I'm, just... I'm not saying all. But that's that's what was part of what really irked me about Heads Will Roll back in the day is that it's such a like, like, like dumb and like easy to sell idea. You know, just get somebody to dance. Don't think about the lyrics. Just dance, 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 well, dance. Just dance. The reason I like the back half is because it's not like the beginning. The beginning has new waves type of influences and almost like oons, 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 bouncing. The back half is like slow and plotting and builds. And like her singing over songs that build like an electronic artist just like getting bigger and bigger or a tortoise track or something like that where it's like instruments keep coming into the song or like... Like, there's a point in Runaway where it sounds like they they literally, it's wind chimes, you know? Like, that's not something you would hear on any of their previous efforts, and it's an interesting track, and that is interesting to me, as opposed to, like, let's make punk dance music, guys! And I'm like, like that shit sure. is, like, yep. goofy yep. and corny, and so that's why I like the back half of this album, is because it, like, has the back- some energy that... that the first half is like the first half is like try hard and wants you to dance, dance, dance. And the back half's like, eh, let's not do that anymore. Let's make songs that you have to sit and put your headphones on to enjoy. The back half has more uh, elements of uh, ambient soundscape, text somber. Yeah, uh, it slows down a little bit. It's a little more contemplative. Uh, still not my favorite thing. I, I, I do think I am. I am. 
I am also recognized, like, I appreciate that from musicians. I do. I, I like music that seems to mature like that. And, like, I don't think that bands nowadays, in, in, in like, back in the day, I used to love, 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 love punk music, you know? And he wanted yeah, energy, and I wanted fucking punch in the face. Um, and... I do appreciate when bands step away from that. You do have to, you do have to develop and you do have to change. It was just a little jarring for me with this band. Uh, yeah. I think they could, I think they could have settled into it a little bit longer. It was overnight. Um, it felt overnight, like from yeah. album to album. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't like, like I love ween because ween changes album to album. Right. And they're like a goofy hodgepodge of like, whatever, you never know what you're going to get from the next one. Uh, is that a good way to make an album? I don't know, but I love that about that band, but they have a certain consistent goofiness. Though. They're cult classic, you know, though. They were never, like, mainstream success, really. Like, they never were right, so breakout. Right. They're not, like, whereas the Yeah, Yeah, I never, Yeahs I, did, absolutely. There's not a Ween album where I listen to it and go, oh, I think they were mainly focusing on trying to sell records here. You know, whereas what? No, Ween is always sold out. Ween is sold out from the very beginning, bro. Like that. (laughs) Oh, sure. sure. Got that record with a crab on it. You know, it's got a crab on it. I don't know Ween at all. There's a crab on one of the Ween records. Come on. No, there isn't. What? There's there's under boob. You you. Oh, maybe I'm thinking. You might just. (laughs) Maybe I'm thinking. You might just be thinking of the uh, song from um, SpongeBob SquarePants. Ocean Man, Krusty Crab. Yeah, 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 I love that one. Um, fucking. Oh, oh, oh. Well, it is a good track. Naming an an album the Mollusk and then saying that that isn't some sort of crab creature is insane. But that's fine. Oh, it is a crab. Oh, I forgot about it. Uh, Okay, I I was thinking. I don't even know the band. It's like an octopus. It's like an octopus. I forgot that it has a crab claw on there. I wasn't thinking of that. Sorry, dude. No, I, I'm just fucking My with you. Bad. I'm being a sarcastic dick. I don't know anything about the band, so uh, that's the. It it is funny that my hypocrisy about the the yeah 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 is, is that I said that I don't want uh somebody to come at me being like dance 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 and give me like dance dance move don't think about shit music but also uh, you know the first one I, I was kind of like I just want energy and fucking like release man I just want that like like so. Give it to me. It's a different kind, different, different kind of a uh, release user. Oh, yeah, okay. well, release, release <laughs> from 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 uh from the user though, you know, from the from the audience. My favorite song out of these three albums, which I lump together because they have similar sonic effects, comes off Mosquito. But Mosquito is my least favorite album by far. I uh. real quick. I, I do need to talk about there's one thing from It's Blitz. And, oh yeah, my and bad. This is kind of kind of important because that point in the career, and unfortunately I'm gonna go off for like two seconds about the drummer. Um, at that point in the career is when they started. They would bring the drummer in, Brian, whatever the fuck his name is, and have him just like play some drums. So it literally it was like instead of them having songs. They were being like, hey, Brian, play a beat that's like, and he would do that, you know, for like, I don't know, however many sessions that took. And then instead of actually laying them out as songs or planning them to be played live like that, they were cutting snippets and moving them around like an electronic album. Um, And so, so that also kind of leads to the style of this song. And I feel as though it should be noted that it also explains why 
in the um, personnel of the album, uh, he's listed as drums, but also cymbals and percussion because the guy's not actually playing. Uh, you know, like that's actually imagine a cool being effect, a drummer. Though. Oh yeah, no, it's it's a, it's a it's a it's a way to it's a good way to like lay out songs and like a different way to fucking run it. It's it's a studio technique for sure. Um, but the fact that they kind of like delegated him down to being the percussionist, you know, is kind of like, oh man, this is making you even less of like a live band. You're you're becoming less of a three piece to me. And they continue down this track. They keep, they keep going this way. And the reason that it kind of bugs me is because they say that the drummer is a uh, like trained jazz drummer. He is classically trained, apparently, or like whatever you want to call that. He boasts enough that he does a traditional grip for his drumming on his sticks. That It's in his Wikipedia page. Uh, traditional, that's like... It's that way because that's how they played it in marching band when you strapped a snare to the side of your hip. And you would play holding, you know, like kind of like the one kind of like a chopstick. And then you hold the other drum or the other stick like a like a normal stick, you know, like a like a handle kind of kind of. That's not quite right. You're gripping it with like two, three fingers. But still, uh, you want the thing to bounce. I'm not trying to explain to you how to drum exactly. I'm just saying <laughs> that is some pretentious bullshit to, to be like. Oh, but I play traditional grip. Bro, okay. He, Mo- real, really good trained drummers don't need to tell you what kind of grip they use. He they went to Oberlin, grips. which is known for their music school. And so, yeah, he's going to okay. snob at us. Like, he, like right, Oberlin right. is like Juilliard. And so, and so then I go and listen to this guy's solo shit last night. And I, I did a quick skimming. You know, I didn't have time to sit there and listen to all these fucking avant-garde albums. He's got like 10 of them. And they're half of them are drone and drums, which it's kind of not the best drone that I've heard. It's kind of not the most engaging drone that I've heard. And I know it's a boring fucking uh, genre. And then the fact that he puts like, occasionally there's like a drum hit, you know, like, mm, tink, mm, tink, tink, mm. like okay, dude, you're <laughs> uh, whatever. And then there'll be a track that's just him being like, on a drum. And I, again, I, I kind of like some of that stuff. It's just after a while, I was like, I don't know. Uh, that this is worth it, that there's anything happening here. And then the rest of the other half of his uh, uh, avant-garde shit is like like freeform jazz almost. It'll be like a, a horn or two, like one or two horn players. And the horn players usually sound like they are uh, very well educated with music and very competent with their with their instrument. But he is trying to do this avant-garde super like fancy jazz drumming that um never culminates into anything and so it just kind of sounds like a a child that doesn't care that there's other musicians playing or that they're playing along with with musicians or that music is a concept or that uh you know it, you you could do something that 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 actually emphasizes it's just like random hits here and there and like rolls and uh, it's cool for an atmospheric effect for a short amount of time, but by the end of it, I'm thoroughly unimpressed because these supposedly amazing jazz musicians never actually pulled a cohesive piece out of that. And so it just sounds like they're bullshitting, which is fun, but it makes me wonder after a while, why the fuck you had to go to a fucking top league fucking music school to sound like a 
fucking infant I behind the drums. I don't write my shit anymore. And to just I just get kick sampled. it from the head. No offense. That's it's just insane. how I do. <laughs> it's it, like, I guess props. I guess total props, man. I guess you fucking, that's, I, that, that is pretty punk rock, I guess. Well, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. I absolutely get where you're coming from. And you're a musician, right? Like, but I do think that there's a level what, that you get to where like some of the more obnoxious musicians to me are the pretentious so good at music that they hear notation and they've been playing it for so long that the only way they do it is a sort of free form style. And it's like, it's super snobby. Like, while at the same time you're making whatever these yeah, yeah, yeah's albums are, it's like, I don't make music like you do anymore. It's like Brian Eno telling everyone it's a soundscape. Like, go fuck yourself. It's a super pretentious mode. Right. But, like, also, it's the point where it's, like, you're, you're a stupid-ass English teacher when you were in the fucking sixth grade, the tenth grade, and in college was like, you can break the rules once you know how to do it. You know, it's like, it's that, to me, is what is happening when someone's gotten to that point is making an album like that. But also, maybe he's not good and he's just a snob who thinks he is. But at the same time, like... I paid for college. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. I mean, most of my friends that went through the music school at Bard were like, I don't know why I did that. And like all of them sure. are doing things that are like, you know, a little weird, but also like, you know, they're just having fun. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying I would like to hear something that impressed me more than just him playing 4-4 rhythms in the background of a fucking rock band getting sampled for a fucking pop album or freeform chess roll bo- yeah bored fucking hitting a drum every fucking 5 seconds i don't know that's fair um let's get along with this uh there is a where the wild things are soundtrack by Karen O i think that it kind of reminds me of the second album um I buy the yeah, yeah, yeahs. I think it's fine, but it sounds like it's made for a children's movie. So, you know, that is what it is. Uh, do what you will with that. I don't know. How'd you guys feel about that real quick? It's twee. Yeah, let's not focus on it too it's much. It's twee. I, I, and I was, there's like twee. 100 other bands that would have made more sense to do this than Karen O. And it's like, I don't know. What, what's Karen O writing of this music? Like, is she writing the guitar lines and these like hoppy, it's a guitar. upbeat? Yep. Uh, okay. It just doesn't sound like the. It I, doesn't sound like where she came from, and it doesn't sound like where she goes, and it just seems like an anomaly, and it was just obnoxious to me. Goes like, why did like, like your friends with Spike Jones, and so you're gonna do this thing for him, and like you know there are people like M eighty three who like became like people who make music for you know movies and shit, but it's like I, it just felt like she was just like ah yeah my friend asked me for this album, and here's this thing that's not like music I make, and it just it was sort of dumb. I thought it was dumb, but like it's fine. It, I mean it's it's very competent, and it was like. Fun-ish, I guess, to listen to, but it's sort of dumb. It, it seemed like she didn't belong there. I don't know. It sounds like, yeah, 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 second album, but redone for children. <laughs> it's oversimplified, and, you know, he put a xylophone in a fucking weird percussion instrument in the background. There needs to be more glockenspiel and fucking xylophone, my guy. We need more of that! Uh, so... Mosquito, hmm. fourth album by the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. Best uh, featuring track uh, ever by Black Elvis. I. How did they manage to put all of their worst songs on here? <laughs> oh, they tried real hard. Look at the album cover. That says it. I don't want to. 
what is that? It's a mosquito like, and a baby or something. And and there's just gonna suck your blood. Like, suck 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 your blood, guys. Like green stuff. Is that like? Yeah, is that a can? Is that like a, a jar? jar? Jar of like green shards? I'm not really sure. Mosquito spray, maybe. And the the maybe the baby was eating from the jar. Pink baby, blue mosquito. Terrible, terrible 3D rendering. It's so oh, it's, bad. It's Just, bad. It's very bad. You could have. What would have made this album cover art better is if somebody had done a collage, you know, like cut out paper collage, and had cut out a mosquito, mm-hmm. and like blown it up, and like but pasted it on, and then pasted a baby, like a creepy doll, onto a black frame, and just left it like that. That would have been an incredible cover, comparably to this. This is just like, like I imagine a bunch of different ways you could do this album cover and make it like way better. But there's like this is like LCD sound system producing bad albums phase, you know. So it's like, I don't know. <laughs> is that what he did? I mean, this album <laughs> sucks. I, the, the song on this album that I think is worth listening to, there's one song, and it's called, it's the fourth track, it's called Under the Earth. It has some energy to it. It feels greasy. The bass line is fun. Like, there's this weird reverb effect and, like, this, like, wash to it. Like, that's the only song on the entire album, and I actually like it better than I like all of its blitz and the following album. It's the only song worth listening to. It actually has, like, okay. the kind of, like, like yeah, 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 it's energy and feels cool. Like, it's a cool thing. There's things about it also that are not great. But I still think that the song as a whole works. Other than that, though, like, why did they get my guy uh, Black Elvis on this album and make it so you couldn't tell it was him? Like, the only reason I knew it was him yeah. was because he said it was him. <laughs> yeah, I'm Dr. Octagon. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but then he, he, like, he raps it, like... Like he doesn't sound like cool key. He sounds like, like my what, what do I say? It sounds like he thought it was for like a a movie soundtrack from the late nineties or something. <laughs> I it just I I don't. He, they could have hired anybody else, but nobody else has the hipster cred. Cool Keith is the most distinct, one of the most, one of the most distinct rap voices ever. And like the way he delivers his cadence, his rhythm that he doesn't rhyme half the time. Like the, the thing about that, about him is that he's just such a unique rapper. And the fact that they like based him down, like he's a little bit, he got a little higher pitch and they like lowered him. They were like, talk deeper, like talk deeper and don't Uh rhyme like you rhyme, rhyme like a regular normal ass, just day to day rapper. And he was just like. I'm on this track and I rap and that's very nice. I'm Dr. Octagon. <laughs> like, all right. Don't you dare fucking say alligator. <laughs> Mother, you know, like, you're like, well, but that's my rap, dude. I fucking rhyme everything with alligator. I'll just say alligator and then repeat it a couple times. No. They're like, no, don't do that. Yeah. Uh-uh. Devastating. We're going to we're gonna gonna slide worst- you this and it's like, it says crocodile. They're like, he's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Imagine hiring cool Keith. Pro- cool Keith probably left the studio that day saying, "I am never going to work with the prodigy again." His management was probably just like, "Yeah, you know what, dude? Don't even worry about it." Uh. <laughs> oh my god, what? I the thing, the worst thing about the that song, "Buried Alive." Uh, that's the that is the track with James Murphy. Um, I I don't know how much he actually did outside of that on this album, but. The song right before it is almost just as bad. Oh, back to you put your two like the worst songs that they have made and recorded. And you put them back to back. 
This album was bad, though. Oh, yeah, it's just not. I mean, the, title, the title track was terrible. Like Really bad. Oh, sacrilege. Cheesy. Cheesy. Even that one is like, no. Oh, the, the gospel choir at the end of Sacrilege oh, yeah, as an yeah, yeah. opening track. Holy shit. What the fucking hell were you thinking? That, it's that does not belong there. That, yeah, it must be. It's big. It's epic, right? It's uh, mind blowing. Yeah, this I, I was it's, sounds not, religious. Did not enjoy this album at all, actually. I uh, yeah, no, I, I I tried listening to it several times and couldn't do it. Uh, this is the one that Robert walked off. I was kind of waiting yeah, for him to come here. back, but here here he comes. Uh, this is the one that Karen O said is very lo-fi. Even though it is oh. definitely recorded in high fidelity and fucking, she's only saying that because there's some like staticky, distorted Fuzzy samples that they of use. Sounds. Yeah, yeah, and they put like a recording of a subway fucking train in the the end of one of the tracks. Like, shut the fuck she up. She said it was lo-fi yeah, because they used cheap equipment. That's like we use cheap equipment. We use cheap effects and we use cheap uh, drum sounds. Like, brother. You don't get to be on album four <laughs> and say shit like that out loud without everyone in the room scoffing so hard and rolling their eyes so much that they die in front of you. That's like the most insane thing. And then to go on to make an actual lo-fi record, like you're a, an idiot. Wait. I'm not skipping. I'm just the very saying next year. idiot. Well, well, I, I think we're, that's kind of all I needed. We think we said all we need to say about Mosquito. The yeah. very next fucking year... She puts out a Crush fucking songs. album that, yeah, I, which I actually really enjoyed. I think mostly enjoyed it because it was a nice breath away from the other shit that was being played by this band or by her bands. Um, but it's just another like bedroom recording, sad singer songwriter with a fucking acoustic guitar maybe a friend or two with doing a guest spot, like recording on a tape recorder, you know, it, it's kind of, there's some of the parts where like the rhythms are a little off. It literally just sounds like she hit record in her living room and went at it because probably because she got lambasted for calling a album that was recorded in a several thousand dollars studio lo-fi. Uh, I enjoyed some of those songs. They were fine. It, I like sad girls, girls singing at me. If you can take yourself out of the fact that this is, like, a band that is holier than thou and, like, the pretension is so excelled, you know, like, there's, like, we've been talking about, we spent the first 30 minutes of this episode describing the scene that they were in and how cool they were and how cool they were before anyone should have known who they were and that they were touring with these bands. And it just feels like releasing a lo-fi record 14 years into your career, like, and, and, like, you just released Mosquito, which is one of the worst records and you're like, oh, we're still relevant and cool. Like, it just feels stupid, and it feels like a gimmick, and it doesn't feel like a lo-fi. Yeah. It feels like she released a lo-fi record because that's what she should do to still be cool. And I don't care. It is fun. You're right. Let's take out the pretension. I'm being a pretentious dickhead by describing it that way. The album's fine. It is a fine album. It just felt like at, when we do these dives, I always feel like it's unfair to the artist to listen to it the way we do. You know, we have a week, right? We put our, our, our time through this week and then we end up at an album that might have been way more fun to me if I hadn't just listened to Mosquito, right? Like, imagine being like a big Karen O fan and that album came out a year later. You've forgotten about that 
mistake. And uh, you you put on Crush songs, and you're like, oh my god, where was this, like, three years ago? I missed this Karen O, and I'm hearing it. But I'm hearing it right after Mosquito, and it just feels like a gimmick. It feels like like a corporate shill, sellout bullshit, I'm still cool, relevant, whatever. My I dated Spike. I, I kind of... I kind of think that's what it was, but it's still got some good tracks. It's got some. It's it's interesting. They're, they're short, which I like. It's very punk, you know, like having a quick song, and it it moves through these tracks. I, it's not a bad. It's not a bad album. I just it just felt at after all the the listens, just like oh, cool, Karen O, neat. I'm glad mm-hmm. you 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 released this album, and also you know knowing that she released a lo-fi album, well released, she gave one to Dave Sytek, the TV and the radio guy, and he lost it. And someone found it, and then they posted it on the internet. She's like, these were, like, personal songs I released for you. That's annoying. And, and then, you know, four years later, she releases a lo-fi record. It feels like maybe it was referencing that, which is also smart and pretentious in a certain way, you know? So, I don't know. What do you think, Perry? Uh, yeah, it was chill. Like, I had no qualms against any, any of her stuff, so... Any of her solo stuff, like the whole the three albums, <laughs> I didn't listen to the live. Yeah, albums. I wasn't. I wouldn't. No, they were Which they one? were exactly what I would imagine her like trying to do on her on her side if she wasn't able to do things like that with the uh, with the actual band. So, it, the, what it's not stuff that I would listen to on the reg, but it wasn't anything that I was absolutely disgusted with. <laughs> like one's a soundtrack. Yeah, one is a. Uh, weird attempt at making a bedroom lo-fi folk album uh and then the other one is a pop collaboration with danger mouse so you know right away i hate that shit (laughs) there was a lot there was a live album too but i mean whatever yeah Yeah, that doesn't we don't cover the live albums uh, unless it's all like brand new material, which I don't think it was. It wasn't. Right? It wasn't. It was all the yeah. two previous albums. Yeah. Um, the Danger Mouse album wasn't terrible. Terrible. I just, I just don't like. I don't like Danger Mouse's dials. He has a couple, but they all kind of sound similar. Clean Motown uh, drums and bass. Yeah. The yeah. Yeah. That hold. Like the the drums are like just like all in your face, like all over the mix in your face. You know what I mean? Like, and it's so 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 perfectly clean all the and time. Someone just holding even a when it's reverbed all of the time. There's just like just like I know in the background of it, like all. almost a church organ or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I did enjoy parts of the album because it seemed like she was trying to develop her. Longer, more grandiose, more thoughtful, and like laid back sounds for for her electronic sounds. Um, the songs that were meant to be like songs that someone would sing and like play drums to or play a guitar to, those were not great, and they suffer from Danger Mouse. But it's not the worst thing Danger Mouse has ever made. There's um, some cool fuck vocal um, lines too. There, she's like sort of like quickly singing over it. I think it's Reveries or Leopard's Tongue. I want to say it's Leopard's Tongue. The track seven. That's actually my favorite track on it. And then that one's like very particular, like Motown drums, and like it's the fastest paced song on the album. But 
Yeah, I mean it's it's fine. Nothing really stood out. Right, it's fine. Wash over you. I'd say it's um, somewhat of a logical step between what's going to happen to the the last album or before the last album that the, they put out. Uh, cool it down. The brand new one came out last month. That's the newest album. Yep, we didn't even talk about it because we're talking about it right now. Um, God, I don't know how many times I listened to this. And it would get done, and I'd be like, hmm, okay, what did I just listen to? There was, it was fine. It's background music. 30 minutes long, and it feels a lot longer, which is weird to say. Like, I was like, is this album still going on? It's a little bit slower. It's a little bit more of that, like, um, yeah, here's some, like, neat synthesizer sounds that space you out, slow you down, you know, fucking, uh. It's it's fine. I actually thought it was a good album to some degree for like a pop album. Pop it's what they wanted to do with the last two albums, but couldn't honestly. Yeah, it's it's like they they finally they were like let let's not put the pitch shifted vocals in Doctor Octagon section in there. Okay, let's not do that. Let's let's just try to do something that is like a you know a good vibe. <laughs> like that's it. Well, the, the Fleas track, that one's got, like, hello vibes where it's just jammy in that, like, uh, more electronic, like, yeah. Is that the one that's, like, the only, like, sort of rock song, yeah. too? Right in the middle of the album? It's right in the middle, yep. Yeah. And then it transitions yeah, into the, the James Bond theme for the next movie. So it's like crime, like yeah, crime caper heist from the nineteen seventies, and Adele's opening for a James Bond film from two thousand and twelve. It's like, all right, Neato. Sh- I, I do think it should be mocked, but uh, there was part of me that when I heard that, I was like, yeah. But if I bought a new synthesizer and it had that cheesy seventies synthesized string hit that just like has that particular. Because there's, like, synthesized strings that sound just like shit. And then there's synthesized strings that sound kind of real. And then there's those ones that sound just not real enough that it becomes something else entirely. And that is kind of what it is. You know, it is kind of what they're using. It sounds like it's... Oh, it sounds it's, like that, uh, you know. <laughs> this so I could see sounds like Moby's version of a James Bond yes. song. <laughs> yep. so. I could yes. see finding that that sound and being like, oh, that's funny. Oh, that's kind of funny. I wonder if I can play with that. You know what I mean? I, and I don't. I don't hate it either. It's just like a. It's funny. Like it. It is funny, and you're right. It's funny. Playing with it seems it, like fun. it does. It does kind of work, but it is also one of those you could have just not with that shit. You could have had your laugh, and then maybe put that out as like a different version or something. I don't need that from this album. It's it's fi- it Again, is honestly fine though. It's a silly thing, it's fine. and I and because of they who are who they are, I can tell that they're like you know probably tongue in cheek. But like, I'm not willing to give them a break by this point, you know. But this album is more fun than their other two. Like, it's Blitz and Mosquito are by far albums that want to be this album, and then they made this album, and I was happy for them. I'm like, oh, in 2022, you're reinventing yourself in the way you always meant to all those years ago. Mm-hmm. They're not worse than 311. Oh, oh by no means. No. They're annoying. They're a little... Go fuck themselves, actually, but... Pretentious much? Um, I 
not not I never not would have listened to Mosquito or It's Blitz and I probably wouldn't have listened to this new one I mean really because of those two and listening to those two were eye-opening but like even in their moments where they're like being like try hard hipster uh po- post-punk dance music the rapture whatever like when they're doing that they're still better than 311 all the way <laughs> like they're actually like they're still like being tryhards whereas 311 like believes in the fact that there's some sort of original yep. musicians that are making new reggae music from the white perspective in america in 2022 you know like i don't know it's like weird and that sucks so <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was fun. I, I actually enjoyed listening to all these albums, and even Mosquito, which is an abhorrent, disgusting album in its own way. There's one track on it that I'm like, it's on my playlist now, and I don't fucking care. Thanks. I'm glad I got to add that to my playlist. So, yeah, sure, cool. All right, <laughs> added one of those songs. That's great. Great for you. Good fuck yourself, uh, buddy, Doctor. Doctor Doctor Octagon is not worse than three eleven. Also, um, yeah, that's it. That's all we got. Go to our website. Go to all the websites. Check out Trash Pit City. Check out more. Is it worse than three eleven next week when we're gonna Jackass we music? Which the I don't even music understand. of Jackass. Oh, cool. Let's do it. It's a it's a it's a mid mid episode. So we're gonna be quick with it kind of yeah it's like what four four soundtracks to for Jack the movies so is it gonna... for the movies specifically? yeah okay yeah for the movies did spike jones yeah, so gonna... uh film any of those i didn't know that is he he filmed them i think he's even in them. oh geez okay okay on occasion like a little you know clip here or there um yeah rock so that's what we're doing that's what we're if doing. you missed vagina then... the clown last week you shouldn't miss it this week Oh yeah, Day in the Life of a Giant the Clown rule, came dude. out. Yeah, you liked yeah, it. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I is what it I, is. I mean, I'd seen some of it before, and I like seeing the whole product. I still really like a lot of the like white wall shots and the balloons, and you coming in and out of trash yeah. cans. It's very good. Yeah, it was. I a mean, vagina, not you. Cool recording, recording session to you know do with the dude. But Hell yeah. there's there may be an extended an extended version coming out around christmas hex yeah whatever uh should have a goat bones album out next month fucking should have a split with r&r coming up soon i don't know there's stuff i should make some more trash bugs uh should finish it that's what i mean but you know that's beside the point next week continuing spike jones month uh this is our crow for these other fuckers toot 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 yep bye <laughs> say bye Deuces. Okay, bye. Dr. Octagon. Deuces, 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 deuces.